Hey guys, welcome back to the Writer's Lens. This is JC Alfelto. And uh, hey, thanks for tuning back in here. Um, I've been on a bit of a hiatus, as it seems, uh, from doing some episodes here in the early parts of 2021. Uh, but traffic has still been really good on the podcast. So uh, as they say, the internet is forever and it's evergreen. And for those that pick up the podcast, they can binge upwards of 70 plus episodes at this point. Well, Actually, there's about 100-plus episodes I've done now for the Writer's Lens, so that's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool thing now to be checking out, um, having done this podcast as long as I have and just all the experiences with it and just everything else. It's been pretty humbling to see where I've come from the early days of podcasting and you know, not really know what I'm doing to kind of knowing a little bit of what I'm doing now with this with, uh, with podcasting, so... Anywho, I just want to thank all those who are listening that have been checking in uh, weekly, monthly, you know, even daily for updates, things like that. I know I've never really done it daily, but uh, again, just thank you guys, um, everyone who's been tuning into the podcast uh, over the last couple of years. That being said, I'm going to pivot a little bit into a fun little series I want to do uh, that'll make it easier for me to churn out some content because... What it is, is a, a series on hindsight. Now, 2020, we just got through, and I know 2020 was more difficult for most people than uh, than it has been in previous years due to the pandemic and uh, just the sort of societal, cultural turmoil that has come with it, especially if you're, in the, if you're in America. But I wanted to do a Hindsight is 2020 series from a writer's perspective with popular franchises, books, series that... Uh, allows me to riff a little bit because I've always been someone who's been a, a pretty harsh critic of certain stories and uh, you know films or whatever you know anything like that and and everyone's a critic right everyone's a critic everyone's a theologian but uh, this will be kind of fun for me because I love listening to some of those YouTube videos and podcasts where people give sort of their top fives or top tens this isn't going to be like a top five or top ten kind of series but more so a hindsight is 2020. You know what could have been done better in you know in some sense with with certain uh, shows or like I said, movies, etc. I've been analyzing film and uh, books and story in general. Uh, you've been following along at home for a while, and it got kind of exhausting. It really, it really did get pretty exhausting, considering that. I also have another podcast where I do a lot of uh, commentary on social, political, cultural issues. And when you're doing that alongside another podcast where you're engaging in storytelling, where you're doing a lot of the same stuff, it can get, like I said, pretty overwhelming after a while. And your brain can feel like it's going to explode. So I'm basically going to do a short series here on Hindsight is 2020. Uh, just to kind of give my brain a rest and just vent a little bit once in a while. Uh, I don't know if venting is really the right word for it, more so than just, hey, it's my opinions, take it for what you will. But it should be fun. So that being said, let's just kick in here to the very first episode where I'm going to talk about the DC Extended Universe because we're on the heels of the Snyder Cut, uh, which just came out uh, recently on HBO Max, and it's been getting a lot of rave reviews. And since I've been following along with superhero movies for a long time, even though I've, I'm kind of, I think, at the cre uh, beyond the crest now of the wave of superhero films, I think now is probably a better time than ever to just talk about them. So here we go. Hindsight's 2020 with JCL.
All right, so kicking off this hindsight is 2020 little uh, mini series here that we're doing on the writer's lens. Uh, first thing I want to do is just basically say some of the good things. You know, before I get into this sort of hypercritical uh, phase where I'm just talking about negatives and you know everything's in hindsight and everything's my opinion, of course, which are all guaranteed 100% to be true <laughs> whenever we do these. A uh, little hubris there. So uh, I do want to give some props, you know, some props to a franchise or a series or whatever it is that has captured people's imaginations or at least got them talking about some things. So let's let's at least give some of the goods here. So as far as the DC Extended Universe goes, one of the first things I thought they did really well was the reimagining of Superman with Man of Steel. Uh, from the casting to the soundtrack where Hans Zimmer basically created a new Superman theme, which... I didn't think could be done. I thought forever we would have dun 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 You know, I thought we were going to have that forever and ever. And it seems as though Zimmer was just as good as making a great one. I can't do it off the top of my head like I can the original, but I know it's as good. As good or if I dare to say better to not upset all the hardcore Superman enthusiasts. But the Man of Steel film was good. I mean, it was a great Kickstarter. You know, had its problems, of course, had its plot holes and whatnot, but... Great casting, great foundational piece for the DC Extended Universe. That's the first thing. The second thing about the DC Expanded Universe is the casting for everybody else. I think, you know, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman is fantastic. Even Ben Affleck as Batman was a good casting. Jason Momoa as Aquaman. You know, you can go on and on here with the casting choices for these characters and just go, you know what, I think they did a pretty good job. I think it was uh, it was a good job in general putting who was with whom as far as the the heroes go so uh so kudos again to dc uh you know warner brothers over there you know putting together uh a, a decent cast for these films uh so that you know when we're watching them we'll go oh i know exactly who that is that is wonder woman you know or i know that's aquaman etc so so that's two and then the third one i want to give a little bit of props to as far as the dc universe is just the tone okay and i and i know that this is where DC and Marvel kind of, you know, there's a fork in the road. They splinter their ways. But quite honestly, DC's darker, perhaps more serious tone, I think is more, uh, I don't want to say believable or real, or even realistic, but it, it gives the feel of, well, what if superheroes actually were real? Uh, Marvel's films, as fun as they are, as, as exciting as they are, as popcorny as they are, they, they really can be overwhelmingly popcorny in that you can tell that Disney has had influence on the Marvel films because there's this lack of imminent danger in many of these movies where uh, the characters can often be joking at a moment of, of severe magnitude where it's like, oh, the world's going to explode, but hey, let's crack a few jokes before we do that. Uh, this sort of lightheartedness takes away a bit from the reality that lives are actually in danger, characters are possibly going to die, uh, there's something horrible about to happen, which is one of the reasons why I loved Captain America's Civil War. It was probably one of the grittiest, outside of maybe the Winter Soldier, I'm not sure. Uh, Civil War was probably the most intense emotionally of any of the, the Marvel films that I had ever seen, where there really was animosity, there was a really dark angle for the, the main bad guy, and... For that reason, when I look at DC and I, I get this sense of like, oh, it's dark, it's dark, and everybody kind of gives it a hard time, but but this really is kind of the world that we live in. These heroes are sort of the light in dark places, 
And the DC Extended Universe just does a good job of trying to bring that to life. So, so for that, I give DC some kudos uh, for having more of a graphic novel type or, you know, semi-realistic take on, well, what would happen if we actually had these superheroes running around? Uh, you know, how would people respond to it? So, uh, and again, before I move on, the, the moment in Batman Superman where, you know, you have the woman who's trapped on top of the roof and she's reaching for Superman up in the sky in this sort of angelic, almost Messiah-type moment. It really does give you the feel of how would the normal person respond to the superhero uh, situation at large. So there you go. There's my kudos and props to DC Extended. Let's let's move on now with the with the critique. Okay, so I'm generally gonna gonna do about five of these as far as the critiques go. Hindsight is 2020. So the first one for me with the DC Extended Universe is the need for a standalone Flash movie and a standalone Cyborg movie. There really needs to be a better way of introducing certain characters. Now, Flash, uh, you know, in the DC Universe, he's one of the original members of the Justice League. Okay, he he's the guy with super speed. He's had several iterations throughout the years. I think there's Barry Allen, there's Wally West. There's a lot of different people who have worn the mantle of Flash, kind of like with Robin. Okay, there's a couple different characters that have, you know, earned the title of Robin as Batman's sidekick. Uh, but even so, the Flash needed sort of an origin story. Now, I know that for a lot of people, uh, origin stories are, are pretty much cut of the mill. It's like, okay, something bad happens. The character, you know, there's an inciting incident of some kind. The character has to realize how to use his powers there's an enemy trying to take his powers away or utilize powers for wrong, and then they end up clashing at the end of the film, and now they're they're ushered into being a superhero that is publicly known. I get it, okay? I know that it's very formulaic. I know that it, it's to be expected in any kind of superhero film. But all that being said, when you do at least something like that, and you've created the precedent that this is an important character, and now you've thrust them into a sort of an ensemble cast, it makes it feel like, okay... This person has some skin in the game, just like Wonder Woman does, or Superman does, or Batman does, because those are the more household names of DC uh, in general. Okay, they're the original trio, you know, Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman. But giving a standalone film, you know, even if it was a standalone series of some kind for The Flash, uh, and I'm not counting the the uh, the series that was on like with Green Arrow and whatnot, but an actual movie where the character can be established outside of the need for being part of just the Justice League, I, I think would have been a nice touch. I think it would have been a good idea. Marvel, obviously, was able to cash in on this at large by doing it. They're still trying to cash in on it with a Black Widow movie, uh, you know, among other things. So a standalone film wouldn't have hurt. It, you know, it, on, it honestly wouldn't have hurt uh, for The Flash or even for the character of Cyborg, even though I know Cyborg in the Snyderverse cut has a much more prominent role and and more of his story is fleshed out. But that's that's my first one. So number four, uh, as we're going five to one, by the way, no Batman versus Superman, okay? Just do a Superman sequel in hindsight, okay? Uh, Batman versus Superman, I knew it when I saw it, uh, saw the preview for it. Bad idea, okay? Just really bad idea. Um, I guess hypothetically, uh, you know, a friend of mine said it best. He said, you know... I like the idea of Batman versus Superman, but only for like 20 to 30 minutes of a whole movie. Like, I don't like the whole concept of it for two hours and 30 odd minutes or whatever it would have been. 
Just, just not a good idea. I mean, Batman and Superman are two grossly different superheroes. Okay, Batman is a guy that, you know, he's the world's greatest detective. He's sort of this mastermind. He takes on opponents that are not planet breakers like Superman might. Now, Superman also takes on the common thug, and he takes on a lot of different, you know, villains and whatnot. Luther, of course, is the complete opposite of him in, in many ways. He's a human being. He's, you know, fallible by a single punch from Superman. Uh, but he always pulls out that kryptonite, of course, in the end to, to cause, you know, duress for, for Kal-El. But the point is, having them fight each other for an entire film just didn't really seem like a great move, okay? It just it did not seem like a good idea from the beginning. What should have happened, again, this is hindsight 2020, what should have happened was like a last son of Krypton arc or an angle. Like, okay, Superman th thought he was the last of his kind. Zod is destroyed. Uh, you know, the other characters from the ship are, are killed off. And now we think Kal-El, he's the only Kryptonian in the universe. Oh no, lo and behold, uh, his cousin, Supergirl, lands on the planet. Or another superhero arises on the planet that is claiming to be a Kryptonian. And maybe that character is Atlas. Or maybe that character is like Zeus or something like that. Who will now begin to expand the universe of the DC. And gives Superman another you know, opponent to fight against that's strong and powerful. And allows him to do those Superman punches that everybody's been, been clamoring for. But also get him to wrestle with the possibility that he isn't alone. Okay, That he does have someone else around him other than, you know, the Kryptonians that came to Earth to basically pillage it and, and start all over again. Uh, that would have been, a, to me, a good idea. You know, would, uh, <laughs> in hindsight, it would have been a good idea. But, uh, but no, we got the Batman-Superman movie, and uh, again, I go back to my number five, which was having a standalone film. Even if it was like a Batman-Flash uh, standalone film where they have to team up and work together, that would have been kind of cool. But not this Batman versus Superman stuff. You could have easily, with a Last Son of Krypton type movie, to further expand the universe of the DC, is have Superman be uh, faced with those realities of being sort of this messiah, godlike character in that film as well. And Atlas or someone else, again, like I said, could have been the foil to that. Like, hey, I, he can be controlled, Superman can't, right? Like, you know, something of that nature. And then, of course, Luthor could have come into the picture again. He could still have been the main villain. But hey, there again, we're gonna you're gonna be seeing or hearing this a lot. Hindsight is 2020. So, <laughs> number three, the Justice League villain. All right, Steppenwolf. Snyderverse cut much better. The original Justice League bad. Steppenwolf. I remember when I saw the previews for it. I just went, oh my gosh, this is a Loki knockoff. Okay, the guy's getting a cube of all things. He's trying to get cubes like the Tesseract, and apparently there's a connection to the Amazons. Um, same deal with the Asgardians, Thor, the connection to Loki. It just Everything about that just seemed bad. So I refused to actually watch the original Justice League for those very reasons because I went, this is just this is going to be horrible. Okay, this is not going to be a great exercise in superhero films. So I, I was not excited about the Justice League at all. Um, but I do remember watching parts of it and then just kind of going, okay, I, I can't even watch this whole thing because I'm, I'm, I'm still going to be disillusioned by it. So uh, this is a really quick number on here because four and five were pretty long, but but doing more than doing kind of the Loki knockoff, this super-powered warrior who's collecting items, again, just that just feels like the Avengers from 2012. It just feels like the exact same story, and uh, unfortunately, it seems like a lot of that was turned out to be correct. But the Snyderverse cut, a little bit different story, uh, which is good. So that we'll, we'll, just, we'll just leave it at that. Number two. 
a Batman film post-Justice League with the Joker as the villain. Now, I know that there's sort of an extended scene, spoiler, uh, where Joker shows up uh, with Batman in the Justice League Snyderverse cut, but some sort of Batman film after the Justice League takes place where you know Ben Affleck's Batman has been introduced, this sort of no-holds-barred Batman has, is now in, in the picture, and he needs his own film now. How does Batman now operate in a Justice League universe, right? Like, because when we saw the Christopher Nolan version of Batman with Christian Bale, uh, uh, you know, and Gary Oldman and many of the other characters that were in there, we only saw Batman in Gotham City. And then, of course, you know, by extension, other places when he would, you know, have to go to China or whatever and collect people, bring them back over to the States. Uh, we have yet to see a Batman film where the reality that there are Amazonians out there, that there's a Kryptonian out there, that there's a uh, an Atlantean out there somewhere. How will Batman operate knowing that there are these other super warriors out there that are, you know, overly powered, they can do whatever, they can literally take on armies if they wanted to. How might Batman engage the world at large along with all the problems that he has in Gotham City? You know, what would he do? So I, I thought that would be a really good idea. And also, how might his villains try to kind of goad him into situations against them? I, who knows? But again, I thought that would have been a, you know, a good idea post-Justice League having a Batman standalone film. Obviously, all of this is uh, you know, kind of moot now because of the Snyderverse cut. But now there's an even better chance for that possibly happening. So that's number two. But number one, more than anything, uh, the big thing I wanted with the DC Extended Universe, more than anything, is some sort of formation going forward where you really get the sense of there's multiple different ways we can take this thing. So we could take it into a Superman cut. We could take it into, uh, you know, the Flash now can run with it for a while. Wonder Woman can run, run with it for a while. Batman can run with it for a while. The, the the number one thing I've always wanted for the DC Extended Universe is that each of these characters can run without the need for a Justice League film to, to keep them afloat. And I really felt like towards the end of the Marvel films, that's what was going on, is that people just wanted all the characters in one film just beating up all the bad guys, having a nice, having a nice great time together, beating the villains, and that was going to get the most revenue. But to me... The whole purpose of the superheroes is that they fight on their own. They only come together when it's something cataclysmic. And uh, granted, of course, if you're using Marvel as an example, many of those movies were cataclysmic circumstances. Ultron's a big bad guy. Thanos, obviously, the biggest bad guy of the Marvel Universe or the MCU. But still, it to me, it, it had to feel like Justice League has to feel like a very special film. It can't just feel like we're just going to throw everybody together and, and that's it. Uh if DC could possibly create that sort of environment where, look, we're not going to throw everybody into the same film unless it's absolutely necessary. We're going to continue to grow these characters, and that still could happen. So this really isn't so much a hindsight thing as it's a, sort of a foresight kind of thing where if you can create standalone films, if you can create standalone circumstances where Batman has his own movie, Wonder Woman has her own movie, Superman or Flash or Cyborg or whomever, Green Lantern again, uh, just not with Ryan Reynolds, I guess, <laughs> going forward. Can you do that? Can you adequately do that and have people invested in them so that when the Justice League film really does happen again, maybe four or five years from now, 
it makes sense and fans will be like, oh my gosh, it's like the Olympics of superhero films. They're back. And we're not just constantly saying, oh, you know, Justice League's coming. Don't worry about it, but you got to watch these. No, you do want to watch those, but we do still want to have this ongoing uh, sort of standalone arc that can survive outside of the Justice League existing. So that would be kind of my my big hope for the DC Universe. Again, who knows where it's going from here. This thing all could be up in smoke and flames by the time I get done with this recording. Who knows? But those are my hindsight is 2020 on the DC Extended Universe. Uh, if you have more, if you you know have other opinions, other ideas about you know how the DC could be doing in hindsight, then hey, you know, you're always free to reach out to me as always and continue to be on the lookout on the website jclfelto.com where uh, more content will be coming. The website's going to be up and going pretty soon. Um, I can't give a specific date yet, but uh, it will be within uh, the first quarter of this, uh, or not the first quarter because we're almost at the end of the first quarter, but it will be within the second quarter of 2021. So I'm very excited about that where these episodes are going to be able to be uh, readily available very soon. So all that being said, Hope you like this Kickstarter, this kick uh, of, of a series. We're going to get away a little bit from the analyses for a bit, like I said, and just kind of riff for a bit. Just kind of have some riffs on this show because I, I need to riff a bit. I need to vent a bit. <laughs> I, I have, I've had a pretty good 2021 so far, but it's also been really busy. And I just need, I, I need a chance to just riff a bit on some of this stuff. So join me in my riffing. Join me in my venting here on The Writer's Lens as we go through some of these franchises and stories and give them the works in hindsight. So until next time, guys, this is JCL Felton for the Writer's Lens, and this was the Hindsight is 2020 series. I'll catch up with you guys again soon.